heads up. In part four of the Twilight Saga, Sebastian and John say their vows to Jay and Silent Bob, Bad Prince impressions, and Sweet Sweet Missionary as we walk down the aisle on Here's Why It's Great. Y bienvenidos a nuestro programa Here's Why It's Great. Soy Sebastián Katachik y estoy con mi amigo... John Bring! And I don't speak a lick of Spanish, but I'm assuming that you said, Welcome everyone to Here's Why It's Great, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. Is that what you said? Más o menos, yes. Yes, I knew it. I just had a feeling. You felt it, bruh. It was like, it was like you were psychic. It was like I could read your thoughts like Edward Cullen. And speaking of, we got a good one for you today, folks. We got Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. Oh, boy. Oh, we're yeah. nearing the Homester Ridge. Yeah, we're going around that final curve. And, man, am I excited. There's yes, some really insane shit coming up in these movies. Oh, because you've actually seen... Have you seen these? No, but oh, I've, okay. seen the, I've seen the end of this movie, and I've seen bits and pieces of the next one, and man, oh man, are we in for a good time. Awesome. I can't wait, actually, because everybody has said how bonkers the last two movies are. Right, which after the last movie, which was sort of light on funny or fun things, yeah. uh, this is going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. I mean, it better be great. Oh, well, if it's not great, we're going to tell you why. Uh, even if you hate it, we're going to tell you why it is great. Because we are the only podcast that takes what you hate and tells you why it's great. But yes. before we get into the movie at hand, something happened today. What? A Frozen 2 trailer was released. Shut up. And several people actually texted it to me, including you. <laughs> um, yes, that's true. Because we know that you love hearing Frozen on the Storybook Land ride. <sighs> I just love Frozen generally. That's a lie, folks. I am not a big fan of Frozen, but I thought, why not talk about this trailer a little bit? Sure. What are your thoughts before we get into my scathing review? Uh, I only watched it one time, and I think I was only partially watching it because I was just so excited to send it to you. All I really remember from the trailer is it looked really cool when Elsa? Elsa, yeah, yeah the, when, the Ice Queen Elsa. Yes, when Elsa was running out into the ocean, I believe, and her footsteps were becoming ice, so uh-huh. she was able to run on top of the water, and then the wave was turning into an into ice, and then it, I believe, crashed on top of her? I think that's what happened. Yes, that's the majority of the trailer is Elsa just trying to get through the waves, and okay, it really yeah. reminded me of Castaway with Tom Hanks. I don't know if you recall his struggles to get past the breaking point. Oh, yeah, that's right. On the waves. You know, he had to problem solve, he had to figure it out, and apparently Elsa's Trapped on an island herself. She got is that rid what of her it is? cape. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, now I'm else, interested. Why else would she be? One, the trailer is gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Trailer, yes. The animation is so beautiful. Yeah. I was very, very impressed by it. Uh, the first few shots, actually, until it cuts to a close up of Elsa, I thought it was live action. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is? Why is there live action shots of the the ocean at night?" Uh, so it was very beautiful. However, and this actually ties to Twilight in a way. Why is it that these movies feel the need to become like giant adventure spectacle movies? Frozen is about the love between two sisters, uh-huh. and sure, Elsa having to cope with the uh, the powers that she's been given and. It also has something yeah. to do with trolls at some point, but it's well, and her sequel, isolation and everything. Yeah. But but like why this just looks like it's an epic 
It's like Willow or something. Hey, sequel, you got to go bigger, bolder, bonkier. Bonkier. Yeah. Is that a is that a word? Yeah. All right. Uh, it's copyright. Like- trademark hashtag <laughs> bunkier hashtag bunkier everybody uh get on that bunkier tip uh but anyway i just thought that uh that was the thing that really stuck with me with the trailer was besides the just beauty and grandeur of it mm-hmm. was the the fact that it is like this action adventure movie and at the end of it anna like steals i don't remember That's his name sister? i think sven yeah sven Maybe. is the is the, is the dude he's the oh maybe sven is the moose anyway the bro uh, olaf is the snowman that's yeah, what i know for sure that i know for sure because yeah. i've seen a lot of olaf merch. we've had to draw a lot of olafs I we think. have uh we okay we are also as everyone should know we are also comic book artists so we do a lot of uh free sketch days at comic book stores and uh, we've done barnes and noble several times and when you give someone the option to do a sketch Sometimes you'll get some weird stuff, but very often we've been asked for Olaf. I've had to draw Elsa yeah. many times. Had to draw Elsa a lot too, yeah. And then if somebody comes up and is like, "Hey, can I get Batman?" We're fighting to yeah. see. Who I'll can do it. Do that. I'll do it. I'll do me, me please. Uh, and if anybody ever asks for Spider Man, I'm always on top of that. I am happy to hand that over. Those webs are so tricky. Uh, I they love take drawing forever. Spidey. I love drawing Spidey. The really uh, uh, difficult thing is when somebody comes up and says they'd like Sven. Because we're like, is that the moose or the guy? I just draw. I usually we just draw, draw a, a moose man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a moose centaur. But anyhow, if anyone hasn't watched the Frozen trailer, make sure to look at it. And maybe you'll wonder yourself. I mean, you could let us know on Twitter or Instagram at HWIG Podcast what you think of the Frozen trailer. Do you think it's weird that it's an action adventure? Or do you think that that's a natural extension of the series? But we'll find out in November 2019 uh, what the movie is actually about. Yeah, I couldn't tell from the teaser exactly what the plot was going to be. Oh, it, it looked beautiful. But what, what I was saying earlier, I, th- I don't even know if I got to my point because we got oh. off on Sven and whether or not that was a moose, was that Anna takes a sword out of his sheath. Like they're standing there and she all of a sudden takes a sword out and slashes at the camera and uh. Uh, in a very action movie type moment, like a very uh. Kill Bill type moment. And that seems so out of character for huh. her. So maybe some shit has gone down and... Is it Arendelle, Allendale, wherever, whatever Dale, uh, Riverdale? Riverdale, probably. <laughs> They've, uh, some real shit's gone down. It Fall is coming. Fall is coming. That's the, it doesn't that's, have quite the ring of winter is coming. No, it doesn't. But, but fall has come in the land of Dale and Anna and Elsa. Sunny, sunny action stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sunny. yeah, Well, it looks exciting, and uh, I hope that the movie is great. We might have to watch Frozen so I, think, I can tell you why it's great. I think a lot of people would already tell us why it's great, but uh, to have my particular view on why that movie's great uh, could be interesting to some people. I'll probably just rail on it the entire time. You guys can let us know at our Twitter or Instagram or our new Facebook page. Oh, yeah, baby. Which I believe is probably just Facebook.com slash HWIG podcast. That's correct. That is correct. We're already, we actually just had somebody ask for the band Megadeth for a future episode. So look out for that. We are, after we wrap up the Twilight Saga, our next few episodes will be request episodes. Nice. So I'm excited about that. Excited to finally dive into some of these requests. They, They definitely get a little bit weirder than, than I would expect, uh, but I'm very much anticipating that. But you know what I'm really anticipating? What? To see the further adventures of Bella Swan, Edward Cullen, and Jacob Black. So let's do it. Right after this, we're going to tell you why the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 is great. Great. 
And we're back on Here's Why It's Great, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. And holy shit. Wow. Wow. Oh. The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Holy shit, folks. What a movie. They really turned it up a notch or two or three. They definitely did. It was They put a fucking brick on the gas and just let that baby go. Now, we're coming off of Eclipse, which is such a dull movie <laughs> no offense to eclipse obviously we just did a podcast telling you why it was great but compared to this oh. this thing is insane it pales in comparison it pales like the pale flesh of vampires in at least the very first movie yeah they definitely get tanner as it goes along. Uh, edward cullen is very tan in this entire thing and he does not sparkle in the daylight 90 percent of the time <laughs> which is a little upsetting but you know what i'll take it i'll take it because he looks good he looks good. I will say in the very beginning of this movie, here's why it's great. In the very beginning of this movie, his hair looked magnifique. As it went on, his hair got less interesting and cool. But yeah, yeah. The, the, definitely the he worst. He started using like a low-flow shower, I think. I think so. Through. It's you know they went to Brazil for the honeymoon. The water type is different. Yeah. It just it was it just messed his whole thing up. And by the time he got back, he didn't have time to to get back to his normal uh, hair care routine. There was a uh, lot going on. He didn't have time for it. <sighs> talking about a lot going on, we're talking about this movie, man. In a in a series that is very light on plot, generally. <laughs> yeah. Man, just I, we were just inundated with stuff happening in this movie and. Almost all of it is batshit crazy. Would you say it's bonkier? Oh, snap. Hashtag bonkier. Hashtag callback. But no, this movie is bonkier than any of the prior installments. Oh, my God. I'm looking forward to the next uh, installment when it's bonkiest. Oh, hashtag bonkiest. But uh, it, it was bananas, man. Like, it was really, like, as you said, it was like this onslaught of insanity for this entire movie which i loved because it was super entertaining all the other movies i've wrestled with being bored same same and i I know it seems like we're not even talking about anything but it's like where to begin yeah well let's begin at the the beginning beginning. it's the very best place to start after all because from the very beginning i enjoyed this title sequence i think maybe the last movie or the movie before you pointed out the vast difference between... Uh, yeah, it was the second movie. You pointed out the vast difference between just even the title effects for the first movie, which I think was just called Twilight, right? And yes. then the second movie, which was called New Moon. New Moon. The, the title, the quality of the title sequence was better in New Moon. Well, in this one, it was excellent. There's light coming, breaking through the clouds. Well, yeah, it's actually sunlight coming through the clouds. And it really reminded me of... Have you seen the film The Bonfire of the Vanities? Oh, it's been forever. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Not a great movie. It's a Brian De Palma movie from the early 90s. Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. However, I am a big fan of the book about the making of the movie called The Devil's Candy. Have you ever read the book? No, I have not. It's a very, very candid, in-depth look at the making of that movie. Basically about, like, how do you make a huge disaster of a film... But the second unit director was actually, like, the secret hero of that movie. Okay. He had to film one shot of just the Concord landing. And Brian De Palma said, yeah, yeah, just go do it. I've never seen a shot in a movie where a plane landing is interesting. And this uh-huh. guy, and actually they bet each other 100 bucks whether or not he could, you know, eat his words, whether De Palma like, would eat his words or not. By him making it interesting? Yes. Okay. So the second unit director 
He plotted out when the sun would be in the right spot, what time of day, what time of year, what time it was landing. And by God, it is the most beautiful shot of a plane landing you will ever see in your life. The heat is coming off of the ground just in a perfect way. You know, the yeah. the waves of heat are coming off. It's it's an amazing shot. And it lasts all of maybe a second and a half, uh-huh. possibly, in the movie. But when they, were, when they were watching the dailies, De Palma pulled his wallet out and gave him 100 bucks right there because <laughs> he, he ate crow. But the point being, this shot reminded me of that. Ah. Maybe not quite a technical achievement on the same level, but it did definitely remind me of that in that it was a gorgeous shot yeah. of the sun peeking through clouds. It was beautiful. It was well thought out and a good start to a good film. Definitely. It, was, uh, it raised the bar. It set the tone for the exquisiteness yes. that was to follow. Yeah. And which got... follows immediately, sorry, which follows immediately with Jacob running out, pulling his shirt off right away, not wasting any time giving that beautiful scenery of Jacob. Mm-hmm. And he has like a wedding invitation, I guess, of the yep. uh, Bella and Edward. And I really thought it was cool too. Some of these wolf transitions are really fun. And this one. It follows his feet, his human feet, as he's running along the puddly ground. Mm -hmm. And then immediately those turn into paws as it's a wolf that takes off for the rest of the shot. Yeah. If you're a fan of the wolf transformation uh, in the Twilight series, then you're in for a treat in this movie. Because, man, oh, man, there are a lot of them. A lot of transformations. A lot of wolves. Did they change the look of the wolves at all? I felt like they were a little bit more slender i mean they looked more like regular wolves i guess i feel like previously and it's a slight adjustment if it's even there it could have been my imagination but i feel like in previous movies they were definitely huge hulking wolves that were like thick and i think in this movie i definitely saw their shape a little bit more yeah they did seem a little bit more svelte yes i would say but uh but yeah maybe that's just from director to director there seemed to be a lot of little changes between the movies of how much the Cullens sparkle or yeah. what color their eyes are or, yeah, what size the wolves are that go from film to film to see those tiny changes. However, the continuity, as I remarked several times during this movie, the continuity is fantastic because I remarked that as Bella was, it's the night before her wedding, she's getting ready for bed, that that is the bedspread that Charlie bought her in the first movie and it is still the bedspread today. I know that's a very small detail, but I like stuff like that. You were paying attention. Later in the film, Bella's laying on a couch and she's covered up by a blanket. What blanket is it but the blanket her mother made her in the prior film? What? That's that's just lovely. That's just There's something smart. about that I just like. That's uh-huh. just good filmmaking from director Bill Condon. I know we've talked about him before on the show. Uh, he did Dreamgirls. He did Kinsey. Yeah. The right. Beauty and the Beast live action. So he's done some huge movies. And this For a one, second, I thought you were saying Kinsey, The Beauty and the Beast live act, which would oh, be a no, very no, no. different film. That would have been a really weird movie. Uh, but I feel like he did a good job with the material here. He did both this one and the next one. So I'm really curious and excited to see what the next one holds in store. The uh, thing that did bum me out, though, I was looking at the trivia for this movie okay. on IMDb. And apparently Sofia Coppola was interested in directing this. Uh, that would have been interesting. That would have been weird as hell then this movie would have been even stranger because i all the i feel like all the directors that they had except for Catherine hardwick who i feel like had a more of a distinct style that is all her own i feel like all the directors they've had on the series are very workmanlike mm-hmm. and they don't put their personal stamp on it and that way the second to the fifth movie all seem a little not homogenized but they all 
live in the same space. Sure. But man, to have a director like Sofia Coppola who's got such a distinctive voice and a distinctive vision, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. And how has she shoot some of the wacky shit in this movie too? Yeah. Uh, would have been great to see. I would have loved to have seen that version of it. And it would have gotten another female director on board. Which yeah, would have been cool. exactly. As we discussed in the last episode, that would have been cool. Obviously didn't happen. I think she wanted to make the one book into one movie instead of splitting it into two. Uh, but Summit Pictures slash Lionsgate was like, give us that money, money. <laughs> we can make twice as much money. And while this movie does have what feels like quite a bit of padding, I was okay with it because that padding let the characters breathe. Okay. Let the events breathe. Because yeah, if you're there's a lot of breathing. If you're well, it's Kristen Stewart involved, so obviously you got a lot of breathing. But yeah, you we we start off in the wedding yes. of Edward and Bella. Yeah. Jacob runs off. He's upset. Yeah. His father trying to keep him from getting so upset. Uh, Jacob in the last movie, if I'm not mistaken, was finally resolved to be at least okay with Bella's choice. Because the werewolves and the vampires fought together. Yeah. Edward and Jacob came to an understanding between each other. It's different when it's the day, man. It's different when you see that invitation and you're like, oh, this is real. Yeah. This is real. Never again will I be able to be the creepy dude that forces a kiss on her and then apologizes. And then gets a kiss forced on me. Yeah. Yeah. Never again will that happen. And he was he was bummed. When that hits you in the gut that uh, your times of creeper are over, it's tough. You, you sound like you're speaking from experience. No, you are. Well, we're just going to uh, let that one pass us by. Uh, but we uh, we do have the absolutely stunning wedding between one Bella Swan and Edward Cullen. Yeah. Well, we have the imagined wedding oh, first. How could I forget? Maybe the first instance of this movie being like, oh, we're in for a different experience. Oh, yes, sir. It's a dream sequence in which Bella walks down the aisle. She's wearing her beautiful white gown. She sees Edward also and all the wedding guests all in clad in white. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene. Angelic. Angelic. She kisses Edward. They say their vows. And the next thing you know, blood's on the ground. Oh, my God. There's blood dripping from his face. There's, there's blood, blood all the over ground. her suit. Blood there's, all over her gown. Yes, there's blood on her beautiful white dress. Oh, my God. And they look down, and what do they see? Well, in that just before that moment, I don't know if you remember, but I was like, oh, it would have been awesome if there was a pile of bodies. Yeah, because they look down, and they do actually see just blood draining from the place that they're standing. And what do they do? You say that comment. What do they do? The next shot, they pull back and they're on all of Bella's friends and family dead as hail. And that was honestly, legitimately an awesome shot. It was great. <laughs> it was it was so cool. The, the whole background is white. Uh, they're in a huge, empty white space. They have the altar. It's just Edward looking very stoic as he is known to do. Bella doing her best freak out, which is still pretty underplayed because it's Kristen Stewart playing it. But man, them standing on a pile of bodies, super awesome. And again, just a, a signifier that we are in for a very, very different movie. Absolutely. It was a stunning visual of those contorted corpses that were all her best friends, all her wedding guests. On that image, I was like, okay, I'm in. Bring yeah, it on, same, movie. Same. And I already knew, like we talked about in the preamble, that like, I knew some stuff that we were heading towards in this movie. Yeah. So I was like, I know where we're headed and we're getting this so early. We're in for a treat. Yeah. <laughs> and and I do. I mean, I honest to God believe that we we did have a we treat. got it. Yeah, we sure did. They delivered. They did. I mean, in more ways than one, they oh, delivered. Oh, spoiler alert. Let's not get to that just yet. 
let's talk about their wedding. Yes. Beautiful. beautiful understated. Beautiful. It's in the it's in the woods. It's using nature sure. uh, to seat their guests. They're, the the altar is made of sticks and wood, and flowers are hanging from the canopy of trees above. Her We're, dress was beautiful. They do a lot of detail shots of her dress, and there's all this lace work that's actually really pretty. Yeah. It was a beautiful dress. No, everybody looked great at the wedding. Uh, her mom did. Uh, all of the Cullen women did. All of the various wedding guests. We get to see Anna Kendrick. Uh-huh. And a very short-lived scene, we get Rosita from The Walking Dead, of we course. We get Tom. We get Tom, who apparently aged like 15 years. He like I, he did P90X or something. Something. Like, he was slimmed down. He was tan. He was, he was like good. 20 years older. He was like, you know what? This is my revenge bod. This is my yeah. revenge look. I'm going to go yeah. and Bella's going to see what she's missing. He's like, I'm showing up to that wedding looking Fierce. Yeah. I'm going to go home with one of them Cullen bridesmaids, is what he said. <laughs> That'd be bad news. That would be bad news. But he doesn't know that yet. He's all in. But everybody looks great except for the one person they call out for looking great, which is Bella's dad, Charlie. He's wearing a suit, and I, I don't know why I got stuck on this, but he's wearing a suit. He walks in there like, oh, look at you. You're in a tux. And he's like, yeah, I know. I look hot. But I felt like the suit was too big for him. It was not the moment that I think they wanted i don't think so and not only that but as i mentioned to sebastian while we were watching it charlie is in a position as the police chief where he's wearing a uniform most of the time anyway which is already like a Mm semi-formal attire i feel like if charlie was like a lumberjack or like he worked at a gas station and just wore a flan if he dressed like bella basically (laughs) like flannels and yeah frumpy with flannels and t-shirts and jeans uh, then perhaps we would see the, a huge difference between him and his normal yeah. life and now. But as it was, I was like, oh, okay, he's just well, wearing, and wearing he a tux. Yeah, and because he doesn't show up like in a power move either, like in a power stance or anything. Like he's kind of his normal, like slumped over. Yeah, his hair's kind of whatever. His the look on his face is like me. It wasn't a wow. This dude cleans up. I know that's what I. I know that's what they wanted, and, yeah. and sadly they didn't get it. But everybody else looked fantastic. Even though Charlie did not look fantastic, his reactions throughout the entire wedding he was great. Made everything. Yeah, he was great. He, he was wonderful throughout. And there seemed to be some sort of maybe love connection with Jacob's dad had a lady around. Yeah, I just still don't know who she was. I don't know who she was either. But it seemed to be some sort of, like, sparks going off yeah. between her and Charlie. And I'm like, hacha-cha, let's see that story. Yeah. Cause and this Jacob's is- dad was, like, like ran him over with his wheelchair. Like, yeah. Like, don't look at her kind of a thing. But I was like, but what's the story? Yeah. Did I miss something? Yeah, maybe that's something that we'll ask our guests in the next episode if it was something in the books that oh, we yeah. missed. Yeah. And they're just hinting at it because they know they don't have the real estate in the movie to devote to it or they shot it and they were like yeah we don't have time for that yeah i mean the movie was already pretty long anyway so i think they tried to keep them all around two hours but i want to see that i want to see a side cool not exactly a sequel a side cool of just charlie like hanging out and just like eating pizza and drinking that same beer that's another continuity thing that i liked same beer all the time yeah Yeah. you always drink that same beer i thought it was an rc cola the first time he had one but it's some apparently some Washington specific beer brand. Uh-huh. I came to find out eventually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which that's is a cool, cool little detail. Yeah, I like that attention for their filmmaking. That's why it's great. I do like the uh, the idea of going sideways, much as they did in the last season of Lost. 
Oh, and speaking of. Speaking of What loss, a wonderful segue. Among the party guests on the vampire side, sitting with a groom, was... Was it Shannon? No. Her, her character's name was Shannon, played by Maggie Grace. Maggie Grace, yeah. Character of Shannon from Lost. Yeah. Uh, which which was, who I weirdly did not recognize at all at first because of her weird amber eyes. Uh, because she had those Cullen eye contacts in. Yeah. I didn't... I did not realize it was her at all. Oh, yeah. I didn't recognize her right away. No, yeah, you did. You were like, Lost? I was like, wait, who? who's from Lost? I'm sorry. Yeah, I started making jokes about she looks lost, and it was, I think, lost on you for the Yeah, day. it was completely lost on me. But I'm bunch. Be here all week, folks. It was fun to see her. I guess she'll pay off later. And I then think also so. Mia Maestro, who was on Alias. That's where I first saw her. And then also she was on The Strain. She was also on that show. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm looking forward to hopefully these characters, you know, since it is a part one and part two, hopefully these characters pay off in the next movie. Yeah, as far as I know, the next part is a lot of collecting of vampires from around the world. So I have a feeling we'll see them again. Nice. This won't be the last time. But yeah, we had our, I felt like we were actually there at the entire wedding. It was a rather long sequence. Yeah. Uh, we got toasts. A lot of toasts, A my lot friend. of toasts. So many toasts. Even Edward gave a toast. And you're not really supposed to give a toast at your own wedding, I feel like. But yeah, it wasn't like thank you all for coming like you know it was like oh here and here's to me and bella yeah that being said his toast i don't remember exactly how it went but it was actually quite a lovely sentiment any moment without her is not worth living and uh you know we'll be together how about we start with forever and i thought that was actually really nice very on brand i can't live without you you're the only thing that matters to me if you die i die i will kill myself if i don't have you do you have Uh, the transcript of his of a speech right in front of you? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm actually reenacting I the entire that, scene. Much like you thought I was Prince and Adam Sandler in the last episode, I, yeah. th- I thought Edward Cullen, not even Robert Pattinson, I thought Edward Cullen, the vampire man, was right here. Uh, I thought you were Prince doing an impression of Adam Sandler. Oh, man. Uh, Can you do that? Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Yeah, I got it. A dramatic reading of Prince from Billy Madison. Mm. Stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it. You gotta cherish it. That's my best print as Adam Sandler. You are welcome. That was amazing. And here's why it's great. And here's why John is not great at impressions. So, wedding. Yes, the wedding was long, but it was... I'm glad, actually, that they spent so much time there. Because we've spent so many movies with Edward and Bella and their relationship. To have it pay off in this wedding, I actually enjoyed feeling like a guest at the wedding. Yeah, and there was a point where I was like, this movie could just be like the wedding and the honeymoon, and I would actually be fine with it if there was no like, big conflict. Yeah. After having so many movies of hand-wringing and hemming and hawing about their relationship, to finally just enjoy them enjoying each other. Yeah. With with no other angst and no other problems on the horizon yet. Absolutely. We'll get there. Until, yeah. But it was just nice to, to see these characters who, if I'm being honest, like Edward and Bella are not characters that I love, yeah. From these movies, if I love any characters, it's Anna Kendrick or it's Charlie. J- Jacob or her dad. But we've at least spent this much time with the characters now. It was just nice for at least an hour of this movie to be like, oh, look at the nice time they're having. Look at the nice wedding. And yeah. they deserve this. You know what? They have actually been through a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Together. A lot of very dramatic stuff has happened between those two. So <laughs> yeah. it was nice to see. And yeah, yeah oh, I feel yeah. like, like you said, I feel like we were there and... Jacob does eventually show up, which I thought it was weird to begin the movie with Jacob so angry about this wedding, uh-huh. especially coming off of the fact that they had reached some sort of agreement. And for him to just show up at the wedding anyway, 
he seems to make a point of not going to the actual wedding. And instead, after the wedding ceremony is over and she's officially married, Edward brings her to this little pocket behind the cabin or whatever. And Jacob shows up, which I thought was extra weird that Edward brings his new bride to this secluded place behind the cabin so that she can have a dance with Jacob. I think it's sweet because this is where Edward and Jacob ended up in the last movie. Uh-huh. A sort of agreement between the two. Right. She's going to love... like brother husbands? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess so. But Edward knows that Bella's going to love him forever. But he also recognizes that she's going to love Jacob forever. Absolutely. And, and for him to give that to her, he even calls it a gift. And I thought that was... Another very endearing Edward moment. No, I agree with you, actually. And I think that it shows sort of Edward's maturity and his respect for the nuance of love. Yeah. However, I do feel like shirtless Jacob or, you know, he could have shown up to the wedding. And they could have True. had their own private because, dance together because it's not as at if the wedding. Uh, any of the Native American characters didn't show up. Jacob's dad was there. Yeah. Seth, a.k.a. Boo Boo Stewart, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Thunderbird, a.k.a. Warpath was there. Yep. So, and also, uh, obviously, Jacob's dad's lady, right. whose name I don't know, I'm right. sorry, but they were all there, so Jacob could have just shown up. And also, I meant, I thought about this during the, during the wedding scene, so when you send out a wedding invitation, and I know this is a pretty quick thrown-together affair, it didn't look like it. It looked spectacular. Well, they're super-powered, so they're able to do everything very quickly. That's true. And, and Alice already, of money. And Alice can see the future. She already knew how the wedding was going to turn out, so there wasn't any kind of trying to figure out the style. She was like, oh, I, I got it, I guess. All right, let's just put this thing together. Let's go chop down some trees and put them into an altar and shit. But the, you you send out a save-the-date mm-hmm. at least three to six months ahead of time. Okay. You send out an invitation, usually over a month, maybe up to six weeks ahead of time. Okay. Did Jacob just go chill out in the Canadian wilderness for six weeks? That's pretty intense. Maybe his dad hid the invitation from him for a while. Because he knew he would be upset. He knew he would yeah. like freak out about it. And Jacob, the, the moment before, right? What's the moment before? Well, in the moment before, Jacob was like, what the hell is this? Is it, what is this? Is this the invitation? Oh my God, they're really doing it? Oh, it's like a punch to the guts. No, I'm not going to be able to be a creeper around all this. And the dad's like, whoa, bud, I tried to hide that from you, but I got to go. I'm going to this thing because I know Charlie, you know Charlie. Like, I got to go to it. And Jacob was like, this is really, I don't like it. I really don't like this. I'm very upset. I am very upset. And the dad is like, why don't you take a walk? Just a quick walk. Oh, oh yeah? You want me to take a walk? I'll take a walk. Exactly. And then he ran off. He starts running, and then he the dad's him. like, no, I didn't say run. Just come back. Jacob. You misunderstood me, son. Yeah. Please come back. Most likely. that's They probably acted out that entire scene right before they shot it. Uh, you know, I felt like Taylor Lautner and the guy who played, I, I think the actor's name is Gil something. Sure. Uh, I think I thought they were right here in front of me when you were doing that. Oh, the, thanks, man. It was like he, Bill Condon was like encouraging this little moment where yeah. they're just finding their characters and finding the scene. Thanks, man. I just feel like you really like channeled that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you jumping in at the end there. It was like you were doing the Sofia Coppola directed version. Yeah. So it was like this real awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is what we could have had. This is what. We should have had, let's be honest. But what we got was pretty great. Uh, before we move on to what becomes arguably one of the most important parts of the movie, The Honeymoon. Oh, boy. Let's not forget that there's also another thing that made me think, oh, this is definitely a different kind of movie. We finally get some Edward flashback backstory, and it's insane because it actually doesn't add up to anything yet. 
And I, maybe it will because it is a two-parter. That's a good point because I I feel like that didn't end up to anything. Nope. But maybe because you're right. It's a yet. We went back to the 1930s, I guess, because it was it was after he had been turned. They were watching The Bride of Frankenstein. So mm-hmm. it may have been the 40s. I'm actually not exactly sure when that came out. But he's decided out of the blue to hunt humans. Yeah. And he's at a movie theater. We think he's going to go after a lady. But psych, he goes after a dude because that dude was going to try to molest that lady. And that's his word. He said they were molesters. I murderers. thought he said monsters, but maybe he said molesters. <laughs> I he said molesters. I, thought he, I think he said molesters. You I mean, I think what? he said monsters because he even said, but so was I. So oh. I don't think he was confessing to mm. actually being a molester. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that just changed the movie a lot for me. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so they were monsters, whatever. And they're yeah. watching a monster movie. Huh. Yeah. What was so interesting about that whole thing was in terms of it not adding up to anything, <laughs> Was again, they're harping on, I'm a monster, we're monsters, we're monsters. And he's like, I didn't like being told by Carlisle that I couldn't hunt humans, I went out and hunted humans. You think he's going for the woman, he goes for her attacker, and then it shows him killing all of these attackers that he realizes are monsters. So he's basically the Dexter of vampires at that point, which... He's killing bad people. Like, so yeah, why, is, that's why not does he great, feel the need like, to unburden his soul at this point to his bride to be? Like, if you're killing killers and you're helping people, ultimately, yeah, what's the point of having to be like, oh, Bella, you don't know who I am because it's the night before the wedding? I also feel like that's a pretty lame thing. Yeah, like just keep that to yourself, bro. Like, just carry that yourself, carry that on water. You know, like you're not even as cool as Angel, who actually like killed people yeah. and relished in it. He was a real monster, Edward. He was a real monster. Yeah. And he got his soul back and he had to handle all that stuff, all that guilt, try and atone, try and find redemption. You're like, oh yeah, one time I um I cheated at bingo. Exactly the same as killing multiple people. Exactly. The exactly same. the same. So we get that and I'm not exactly sure what it added up to or if it's gonna add up to anything, but it was weird. And that I liked about it. I'll give you that much. And I did like the image of Edward in the uh, the nice suits of the era. Yeah, I actually loved. The I loved look all of the all co- that. the costume yeah. design, the production design of that entire sequence was that, fantastic. That theater looked that, awesome. The theater was gorgeous. Uh, all the extras were dressed to the nines, as I guess people used to do back when they would go to the theater. Now I wear sweatpants, if that. <laughs> Uh, and I also noticed one little touch in the background that I don't know if you noticed or not, but people were actually smoking in the theater. Oh, yeah. And I, I do miss a time when people could just smoke in movies in general. Now I think that I think a, if a character smokes, you get like an R rating or something like that. Or oh, it, in the movie. Like at the movie theater Wait, you in the miss, scene. You miss people smoking in a movie theater? No, no, no. Let me just back up a second. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, I misunderstood. I'm saying characters that smoke in films. Yes. We don't get that a lot anymore. Okay, yes, correct. Like, uh Lindsay and I are watching the Russian Doll series on Netflix. Okay. Spoiler alert, a lot of people smoke in that. Oh my god. The main character smokes. A lot of people smoke in it and it just took me back to a time, basically the 90s when I grew up and reminded me of people used to smoke in movies and TV constantly. Yeah. And I just, I guess I miss that because it's nostalgic in a way for me. I know yeah. I'm not in any way advocating being a smoker or supporting smoking or supporting the agenda of the tobacco wow. industry. This guy, big tobacco over here. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, I just cash the check. No, uh, but I'm just saying that, like, it's a nostalgic thing. And yeah. it is, I mean, I'd see a lot less smokers these days. But, you know, I, I it feels like artificial 
now in movies that people never smoke. Yes. And yes. I'd certainly missed it when they quit making Wolverine smoke in those movies. Yeah. I think the last time he did was X-Men First Class, maybe. And then he started vaping. He started yeah, going to the hookah just, lounge. Yeah, it was just lame. But yeah, I agree with you, though. It definitely takes me out of it nowadays. Maybe I've gotten used to it, but it's interesting that that stood out to you, the the smoking, because it is gone from all of the more recent you know movies and TV and yeah. et cetera, because it was a harder... Just you know. a tiny touch, and I think also... It was just made the the whole scene seem more atmospheric, but yes. it was uh, it was just a tiny thing that I noticed and made me think of that. So I thought I would share it with you folks. But I think that's why this movie is great. That scene, the way it looked, yeah, mwah, magnifique. So speaking of magnifique, yes, they don't go to France, but they do go <laughs> to Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro for their honeymoon. And there's one scene where Edward and Bella are driving through the city. Uh-huh. They come upon like a block party. Yes. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah. All those Brazilian bodies yeah. writhing on each other. Everyone's to a little bit rhythm. hot and sweaty. Yeah. And Edward's like, you know what, babe? Let's go check that out. They get out of the car, and that is the moment where it became clear to me that these are the two uncoolest motherfuckers that have ever <laughs> walked the earth. Because they don't even attempt to dance. I think no. he, like, twirls her one quick time. Yeah. But they how could you even... not let that, like, Latin music, like, yeah. you know, make your hip shake, make yeah. your shoulders shimmy? I don't know. They're the stiffest white people in the world. <laughs> they I think, are. I think at the wedding they didn't dance either. They like slow danced barely, and then they immediately were like, "I gotta go show you, Jacob." Everybody was fast dancing. It was a fast song. Everyone's going crazy. Tom, as we remember, showing off that rock and bod on yeah. the dance floor, cutting a rug. And uh, and if you watch the movie, he clearly like moves out of the way of the camera because the camera is pushing through the dancers. And but everyone is dancing fast. Edward and Bella, no. slow dancing in the middle of everything, bringing down the mood. Dance to their own rhythm. But yeah, when they get to Brazil, which he, as you pointed out, apparently loves. He was in Brazil when he found out that, or when he thought he found out that Bella was dead in the previous movie. Yeah. It was the same shot of that statue. Yep. Um, and he's like, you know what? I should take her back there to the spot that I thought she was dead and um, not dance. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Well, apparently in Rio... Uh, the sunlight doesn't make him sparkle. So that's probably why he likes to go there because, well, for one thing, they go to a private island, which is actually smart for a vampire to go to. There's so much sun in Brazil. There's so much sun. They're in a tropical vacation. I don't care if you're inside. That is a lot of light. That is a lot of sunlight. Yeah. Uh, And Edward barely sparkles throughout. They're on the beach playing chess like 95 times during this honeymoon sequence. Does he sparkle? Maybe a, maybe a smidge. Maybe about a 2% sparkle. But I need a 100% sparkle if you're in that sun. I think the only Just time... remind us that he's a vampire, if nothing else. Yeah, and that, that's part of his thing is sparkling. I think the only time that I noticed it was when they were on top of the waterfall. That's, there was yeah. like two sparkles. That's, that was when we got the 2%, man. Yeah, yeah. So, but what a still, beautiful island, though. But, man, man. I would love to be there. Uh, yeah, and they actually went to Rio to film. Did they? Which surprised me. That's, I mean, talk about aspirational movie making. It's like uh, the the Howard the Duck writer-directors. Yeah. How they decided they wanted to make the movie in Hawaii, because yeah. it would be fun to go to Hawaii. And who can blame them? I'm sure yeah. that Stephanie Meyer wasn't like, oh, I want to go to Brazil one day while writing these. I don't know if the, the final book had come out before the first movie, but... Yeah, I think they were all done. I think the series was completed before the movie came out. So she didn't know, but worked out for her because yeah. she was there. They she was also in the wedding scene, by the way. Yes, you, she was. I, uh, you pointed was it out to me. surprised yeah. that I recognize her because she's not a very – it's not like a Gingy Cohen who's like, oh, that's Gingy Cohen very obviously. It's yeah. very 
particular looking person. Uh, but I saw her in the wedding. I was like, oh, that's nice. She gets to put yeah. her little stamp on things. I was happy for her. Yeah, I was actually was really nice. happy for her. She got to be a part of it. That was the only shot where it wasn't any other big actors as the wedding guests. Yeah. It was just her and I think one of the producers was with her. It wasn't George Lucas? No, I wish it was. Yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been weird, though. I think that would have taken me out of the movie had George Lucas just randomly been there. Well, it would have brought the Howard the Duck stuff really, back. I love Edward and Bella, and I just think they should be so happy together. That's a really good George Lucas. Thank you. And, yeah. and just so everyone at home knows, I was shaking my head just so I could shake my my weird double chin thing yeah. that he's got. You really sold it with the yeah, sh- thanks, shaking. Yeah, thanks, man. So we're at the honeymoon. They're yeah. having a blast. Yeah. But you know what it's time for? What? It's time for some sexy times. Oh my gosh! But is it? Well, actually, before we get to the before we get to the sex scene, which we'll obviously need to discuss in great detail, <laughs> I actually did love one of the more human moments of Bella before the, we got to that. They got there. She seems nervous, and usually Kristen Stewart has a kind of inscrutable, unknowable expression about her. But yes. for once, you could obviously tell like she's nervous, and who wouldn't be? Not only have we established via Jacob. Uh, at the wedding scene, he got angry at her because she revealed to him that, yeah, we're going to go on a regular honeymoon. I won't be a vampire. We're going to have sex. Yeah. And even though they didn't say that outright, Jacob knew that this is going to be dangerous for her. So yeah. she already knows that she's in danger. She's on her first night of her honeymoon. I'm assuming first night. The flight to Brazil is not a short one. Yeah. but It definitely seems like they just got to that place, though. So she's yeah. just cleaning up a little bit. Yeah, so she's cleaning up, but she's nervous. Edward's also a little bit nervous they don't really know how to act which i can relate to because even like Lindsay and i were together eight years before we got married but when we got to our honeymoon suite we were like what do we do now you know what i mean but it was i agree with you it's a very human moment i really appreciated that and it again kind of endeared me more to both of those characters that they were a little awkward even edward you know because he loves her so much obviously he's nervous about what his own power. He's and he's, yeah, about. he's scared that he's going to hurt her. So it was a really kind of a sweet moment of also sort of easing into it, that it wasn't this sort of like, we got to do this right yeah, now. Let's we got to go, go for it. Baby. He was like, kind of let her feel her way and what she felt comfortable. He was like, oh yeah, let's go swim. Like he was just sort of, everybody was kind of just easing into yeah, like, like, how we, do we do this? We can't just jump into right into sex. So what, how do we ease into this? But I did love that he went out for a swim and she decides instead to go to the bathroom and prepare herself. She brushes her teeth or attempts to, I noticed that there was like no toothpaste on that brush. She's nervous, man. Uh, yeah, her hands were shaking, but she brushes her teeth. She washes her face. She shaves her legs again, just like what felt like a real reaction to a young girl who's never been in this position before. I'm actually surprised, though, that they ha- there are things you can do without intercourse that I'm surprised that well, Bella I, and Edward never tried. Again, this was originally written by a Mormon. Oh, right, right, right. And so I think a lot of that does play into their entire relationship, that they're not going to sort of try a bunch of other different things. We can also justify it from... Edward, you know, he's probably afraid that once he gets started at all, he won't be able to stop himself. Uh, right, much like sucking her blood. Yes. Which, as we know, he's already conquered that temptation, so yeah. you'd think he'd be able to... But he's, you know, I think he's erring on the side of safety. And for her, she clearly has never had sex before. That's what I'm taking away from this, is that she is a virgin. Um, Not I guess only is she a virgin, I get the feeling that she's never been... I think I said that when she walked out on the beach and she disrobes for the first time. And obviously, we as the audience don't see her <laughs> resplendent in the moonlight naked. Yeah. But I don't think she's ever been naked in front of a boy before. 
And Probably so she's, she seemed real nervous about that. So, And I think also what's behind some of her stuff is she wants it to be perfect. She wants this night. Everybody builds up. That's true, too. Yeah. Their, both their honeymoon night and their first time, whether or not that coincides. But the, that it will all be perfect and memorable. And there's even, I don't want to jump ahead, but there, in the aftermath, she even talks about it was perfect until. So I think there is a, a bit of nervousness that comes with just wanting everything to go exactly right. And yeah. to you not mess up anything, you know, to so that you're at your best and that you're not fumbling. She doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Edward's probably way out of practice. Like, what was if he's been looking for a lady since he got turned into a vampire? It's been like seventy or eighty years. So it's gonna be like scary movie. Oh God, please let's not go there. (laughs) But it's it's gonna be tough for him too. And I feel like that's why I liked him also being nervous about this whole thing. He's not coming into this like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm a pro. Yeah. Uh, He's just as nervous as she is. Yeah. But they do. They make love. They consummate. They do. They consummate. And it's not exactly sexy or rough or anything. Uh, it's a pretty standard, some sweet, sweet mish mm-hmm. missionary. Mm-hmm. He does break the uh, he breaks headboard a, yes. type thing. He smashes the headboard with his hand, but it doesn't seem like he's hurting her because Kristen Stewart's face doesn't change. Ever. He's like, is that okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. So she doesn't seem like she's having a great time, yeah. but I guess she's also not being murdered by his penis. So when? But the next day, in the same way that Edward didn't know if he could control himself, now Bella can't control herself. She got a taste of the forbidden fruit, and baby, she wants it. She wants more. And Edward, well, he won't give it to her. Because, though, because he sees that he hurt her. Yeah. He sees bruises on her arms and on her shoulders that clearly he was fairly rough it doesn't seem to bother her at all no and they're and they're not like purple dark they're minor bruises as if you bumped into your counter while cooking dinner like that kind of bruise the kind of bruise that clearly fades in a couple days because we get plenty of shots of her (laughs) they were bathing suits and and tank tops and yeah no bruises so maybe he was afraid maybe he's airing too much on the side of safety but man man, these guys these guys just can't win they really truly can't one wants to do it one's like i'm nervous let's get married they finally get married they have their honeymoon night they have finally have sex and then he's like oh man i feel bad that i hurt you i feel bad that i bruised you and she's like dude i'm fine let's keep going we're on an island there's literally nothing else to do you've awakened the beast within me this is all i want to do this is all you should do on your tropical honeymoon when you have nothing else to do but each other let's yeah, keep going let's keep going that's let's all keep i going. kept thinking man is like the whole time the sequence went on forever they're walking around the jungle they're going on excursions she's they're playing uh, chess they're playing chess a lot i even said to you like how boring of a honeymoon if you can't even do it i don't see any kayaks i don't see any paddle boards yeah i don't see a single fucking jet ski yeah in the entire montage what the hell is the point? Give me a catamaran or something. Yeah, there's literally nothing else to That's do there. Half of what I did on my honeymoon, by the way, was just sail on the seven seas on a little catamaran. It was great. Wow. I felt like a real man sailing around. Sailing the seven seas. Yeah, but I didn't get too far out because it's scary. Because <laughs> there are sharks out in the deep water. Hey, you played it smart, man. You I lived did. another day. And I'm my mother also instilled a great fear of the ocean in me at a young age. So that undertow will get you, man. That's you set one. If you dip one toe in the ocean, the undertow will suck you away, and you will never be found. Fact. I mean, 
I can't believe Elsa made it through the trailer because she was all up in that ocean. Yeah, well, she was on top of it for most of it. Yeah, know? but she got sucked in that undertow. So well, I think this she's is probably. I dead. think in Frozen Two, Elsa dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert, everybody! Yeah. And sorry, that was her death scene. As yeah, well, they it's weird the they would put that kind of a moment into the trailer, the teaser trailer. They're going for it, man. Yeah. They learned from Breaking Dawn Part One. Yeah. That you got to just dial it to an eleven or a thirty. Also, you you honeymooned in Mexico, Mexico. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That undertow was strong. Undertow yeah. was strong in that Mexican water. Uh, that being said, the water was lovely. There was no uh, sea life to be found. Are we talking about your honeymoon, or are we talking about the movie again? My honeymoon. Oh, okay. Particularly. But they also don't find any... They don't get eaten by sharks or anything. In the movie. But they also... Yeah, in the movie. Okay. They also don't have sex again because guess what? Bella's late. Oh, my gosh. And I don't mean to dinner. I mean, she's preggers. Oh, my gosh. And we find out... That's actually the only way that we find out that they've been there for 14 days. Yeah, they had to, like, shoehorn that in in a very (laughs) awkward way. How long has it been since we've been here? 14 days. Why? <laughs> Just so matter-of-factly. <laughs> but he hands her uh, her bag because she's, she's feeling ill, and she happens to see a uh, thing of Tampax, tampons, and that dawns on her, oh, shit. I haven't needed these. I haven't needed these. I'm late. And on top of that, oh, man, there's something growing inside me that I feel. How is this possible? We've been here for two weeks, bruh. Yeah. How are you feeling it already? That doesn't normally happen for months. Yeah. And so they call Carlisle, and he's like, oh, shit. He's like, oh, boy. We got ourselves a problem here. And uh, Edward's like, I don't know, man. Is this bad? And Carl's like, oh, boy. (laughs) Bad doesn't cover it, Edward. Bring her back immediately. Immediately. And they do. And at this point, I thought the movie was basically over. Um, I think one of us paused it so we could go use the restroom. And I was like, oh, shit, we have an hour left. (laughs) Um, Because I was just enjoying it. I was swept away by this grand love story. Okay. And swept away by the locations in Brazil, this private island they they were living on. The Portuguese. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. I was, yeah. Oh, there's definitely a woman who, uh, who's the housekeeper of Edward and Bella that calls Edward a monster. She's freaked out by him. And she basically says, the only way that Bella sees this to the end with this baby that's growing inside her is death. Ouch. It sounded like she said marching, though. So we thought, you know, she had to go on like a little 5K or, yeah. you know, an AIDS walk of some kind. Yeah. Bella l- totally misunderstood and just started marching off the island. Yeah. Raise a little money for a good cause. Also, you know, get your get your steps in. We thought yeah. it would be a great thing. We thought yeah. that was going to be maybe like the middle section of Forrest Gump where she just marches across the country back and forth and she gets followers eventually. Yeah. That did not happen, however. Yeah. That's in and the Coppola version. Obviously. What could have been? What could have been? But in this, she comes back to Forks, and Jacob's there waiting for her because, of course, he's surprised to see her because he thought uh, she's going to be turned into a vampire, and that's that. She comes in. He sees she's full-on, like, six months pregnant at this point. Yeah, the baby's growing very quickly, very fast. She looks gaunt as Gollum can be. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kristen Stewart looks rough yeah. for the majority of this movie. Edward's freaking out, obviously, whatever this thing is. Oh, right. We haven't quite said yet that this is our pro-life, pro-choice segment of the movie where Bella and Rosalie, Rosalie are Shakira. Shakira are saying that they want to keep the baby. Obviously, we established in the last movie, Rosalie wanted a family. So oh, yeah. we see later with her holding the baby that she's very fond of it. Payoff. Yeah, set up some payoffs, man. 
they're getting it. They're finally figuring it out five movies in. But they are on the side of pro-life. Mm-hmm. Edward just says, let's get rid of this thing. It's dangerous. It's going to kill her. Yeah. And she's my only reason for living. I want to protect her, yada, yada, yeah. et cetera. Jacob finally, they're finally in agreement about something. He's like, yeah, get that thing out of her. Yeah. Jacob's kind of freaked out about it. And he thinks that this is there's nothing good that's going to come out of this. Also, there's a lot of wolf stuff happening with them. I sort of checked out during a couple of the wolf scenes because I was more invested in what was going on with Bella. But there's a little bit of a a wolf, not exactly a war going on, but there's a power struggle. Yeah, power struggle. Going on between Jacob, who announces very loudly later in the movie that he was the son of a, or the descendant of a chief. Yeah. So he should be, he's not going to bow to anybody. Because in yet another weird scene, we eventually get... (laughs) A collection of all the werewolves yep. completely transformed into wolves yep. at a lumber yard yep. talking to each other as mm-hmm. wolves. Their mouths don't move. It's not I, a full jungle I think jungle it's all book. telepathic. I think yeah, it's all telepathic. We've established before they can all read each other's minds, but this is the first time we've actually been able to hear those thoughts. Yeah. And I will say the the voice effect that they do on everybody does sound cool. Like, it made Taylor Lautner's voice sound really bassy and yeah. pretty badass. Same with Sam. Exactly. But... It was just such a weird scene, and I was thinking the whole time, uh, back to second unit directors, like, what was it like shooting the scene? Yeah. You're in an empty lumberyard. You're moving the camera around to accommodate wolves that aren't really there. They're all circling each other. It was a very odd scene. I'd love to so see much the behind so the scenes I, of that. Yeah, so much so I was just like, what is the scene even? And it, it was obviously the power struggle and yada, yada. Yeah, but it did seem silly because yeah. they had not established the whole wolves talking thing prior to this and i know it's all in their minds but it's still you keep cutting to a wolf's face as an actor is speaking and then you cut to another wolf's face as that actor responds and then they're all talking at the same time it was just a very odd and unfortunately somewhat silly scene because of all of that jungle book nature of it yeah How, what i will say what i'll say is great about that scene is i really liked the power dynamics in the bodies of the wolves yeah the when, animation of the wolves was great when sam basically dominates jacob for a moment that sort of jacob going to into submission the way he moves his head and won't make eye contact and was i liked very, how very dog-like yeah. i like how his ears were down yeah it's very realistic yeah, in the way absolutely. that was portrayed but can I just pitch to you real quick? Please. Yet another side quill. In yes. addition to the Charlie and Jacob's dad's girlfriend side quill, I also want the side quill of the couple of guys working at the lumberyard during that scene. Uh-huh. I want to just have a whole movie of those guys just living their lives. We don't even know it's a Twilight movie for most of it. They're okay. living their lives. They've got their own foibles. They've got their problems. Right. They've got their own relationships. And then one fucking day, they're at work and eight gigantic monster wolves show up and they're having a big barkathon in the middle of their lumber yard yeah. and they're staring each other down and they're like these two guys are like hey man you see that shit am i high like maybe they yeah maybe they just like smoked out it's or like something kevin right smith oh my god uh, that's Jason the jan silent bob reboot should be a side quill to the twilight saga colon breaking dawn comma part one Holy shit. I would watch the hell out of that. Oh, movie. my God. And, like, well, Silent Bob wouldn't say anything, but Jason Mewes would be like, dude, do you see that shit? Those fucking wolves, man. Snoochie-boochies. Snoochie-boochies. Wolfie-noochies. And they would probably have some sort of 
hijinks and or antics afterwards yeah and that would just be a weird side moment but hey i'd be into that i hope that kevin smith himself will direct it or maybe so we can get a female filmmaker to do Uh it maybe harley quinn smith his daughter could be the director of the jan silent bob's reboot slash the twilight saga colon breaking dawn comma part one sidequel yeah shit man this is good i like this i don't know how they got to forks all the way from new jersey but that could be part of the movie. That's a whole, yeah, it's a whole like road trip part of the movie. Well, yeah, and Shan Silent Bob Strike Back was a total road trip movie. So boom, boom shakalaka, dollar signs. Oh, but also speaking of the wolf yes. dynamics, there's another scene where we are reintroduced to the idea of imprinting, which will come up later oh between gosh. the wolves. Actually, let me just say this: it's weird because this is the first movie where we are out of Bella's perspective. Out She's of incapacitated most of the movie. So. She is. She spends most of the movie. Just wrecked. So we have a couple of scenes with just Jacob, and there is one scene, and I know we're we're talking about why it's great. We're positive guys. Yep. We're yep. putting a positive spin on everything. We There's sure one scene. You gotta call it like it is sometimes. You gotta call it down the middle. And Hey, you can't feel love without feeling pain, you know? Exactly. And to get the high highs of what most of this movie was, you do have to go through the low low, which is a scene on the beach. Where if Taylor Lautner is your best actor, far and away in a scene, you know you're in trouble. It's him, it's Boo Boo Stewart, a.k.a. Seth, and it's the female werewolf, Leah. And man, it's a masterclass in horrible acting. It is so bad and so obvious. Like, there is no subtlety or nuance to the scene. It's Leah saying she... Used to be Sam's girlfriend. She got left behind. Oh, boy, I wish somebody would imprint on me. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Boo Boo Stewart had not gotten to his X-Men Days of Future Past levels of acting. He was bad. Just like child actor bad. It was a tough scene to get through, my friend. Yeah. Taylor yeah. Lautner playing the angst that I've mentioned before just doesn't come off well from yeah. him. It was rough. It was rough. So if you're watching the movie, A, I found out. They're all on Hulu for free. So if you're listening to this and you want to give a watch to those, go watch them for free. Uh, here's a free ad, Hulu. Go do it. Sign up for a one-month free subscription. Uh, put in Hulu.com backslash HWIG podcast. That will get you nothing. That will get, get redirected. Code. Yeah, you'll get an error code. But, hey, go watch them on Hulu. Give these movies a shot. Definitely give this movie a shot. Uh, but I've been paying to rent them from Vudu. Uh, for the first couple, and I uh, even went to the my local library to check out Eclipse on DVD, and then I realized I could have just gotten them all for free, super easily on Hulu, which was already on my television. So, as Alanis Morissette once said, you live, you learn. And you're just going to have to take this like a jagged little pill. And I sure did, and, you know, Bella's having to take a certain jagged little pill on this. Yikes. Because this baby, uh, to him that she says, this baby is killing her from the inside. Yeah. It's rough. Isn't that funny? She's like... I just feel like it's a him. I see a him when it comes out. And it's not, guys. Spoiler. It's, it's, a, girl. it's, it's a lady. It's a lady. Uh, not a lady. It's a girl. Uh, but she is forced to drink. And what another, yet another weird fucking scene. She is forced to drink blood from a styrofoam cup with a straw. Why was it in a styrofoam cup? I don't know. He's like, this might make it easier for you. Why was it in a styrofoam cup? Why? I don't fucking know, man. But it was so weird. Like, okay, the, the Cullens don't eat. They donate, and sure, Bella's been around. Maybe they went to Target to buy some cups or something (laughs) for her to use while she's there. But they establish that she can't eat. She can't keep anything down. The baby, thanks to Edward's mind meld, 
Yeah. He th- or actually, no, I'm sorry. No, he, yeah, he, Jacob is the one that thinks Jacob about it. Jacob thinks about it. Yeah. And Edward uses his brain powers to read Jacob's mind, but they think the baby wants to drink blood. Sure. And man, oh man, she just goes to town. On the blood? On yeah. the blood. Yeah, she drinks that down. She's like, it's good. Yeah, and she like smiles and like her teeth are covered in blood. It's like, what is this movie? Yeah, you're not even a vampire yet, but you're like relishing this blood. Yeah, and Jacob's reaction in that scene was he, he said he was going to be sick, and I felt the same way. The thought of drinking <laughs> just blood, it's like cold ass blood. And, it's not, I mean, if you had to do it to survive, sure. I get it. And for the life of your child that she's very attached to, yeah. sure. But man, that just sounded gross. And she wasn't grossed out by it. She was like, no, she, she liked was, it. She was loving it. I mean, she has wanted to be a vampire for four going on five movies. Yeah, that's So true. she was just like, guys, what more do I need to do to prove to you I can be a vampire? I'm not even a vampire yet, and I'm drinking human blood. Yeah, the proof's in the pudding there. It's like, you know, doing a haze or something. Yeah. They're like basically hazing her. By her own volition. What if it was all just they were hazing her? Oh, my God. And that the baby was like, ha ha, psych. Yeah, the baby was in on I it. wasn't eating you from the inside. Peace. The baby was like, you got punked. And <laughs> Ashton Kutcher pops He's got out. like a little sideways cap when he comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would have felt right at home. Yeah, it would have worked. In this weird tale that we've been watching. Okay, so we're getting into the final part of the movie. Bella, also her, she's not wearing a wig anymore. That's why it's great. Oh, yeah, that was, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, much less wigs. Still, Alice is wearing a wig. Still, Shakira is wearing a wig. Tom was wearing a wig. Carlisle, I think, was wearing. A wig? I don't know. I actually can't tell. Carlisle's hair did look different, though. Yeah, it looked different. I'm sure that her, uh, uh, the Cullen mother Esme may have been wearing a wig. I can't tell. I know she's got nice brown hair anyway, but she may have been wearing a wig. Uh, and hopefully, that's not looking like a smear on her. That's not saying anything. It's just that's the film world, baby. Okay. So she does drink the blood, despite all of our disgust. And when she drinks it down, like almost immediately, her pulse quickens. She starts feeling better. Everybody tells us, the audience, that it is working. Yes. We Um, have a lot of characters with convenient powers that allow them to just know things that we don't have to tell. Edward reading minds, obviously. Alice knowing the future. And Carlyle having, uh, I guess, like psychic doctor powers. I don't know, because he's done that quite a few times in these movies. Been able to tell different medical conditions based on nothing. Like the when in the last movie when Jacob got all fucked up and he's like, oh, the all the bones in one side of his body are shattered. Like, how do you yeah. know that they're shattered? Or when he knew that all of the poison was out of Bella in the exactly. first movie. Exactly. We're going back to the first movie with yeah. that one. The good thing is Bella's feeling better. And we got another nice human moment between her and Edward uh, that you thought was a little silly, but I enjoyed, where she's sitting... Have a little sip of some blood. Sure. Through a styrofoam cup. And it's like, guys, that's bad for the environment. We're living in Washington. Here's why it's you're, not great. Yeah. You're living like near Seattle, Portland, these hubs of green living. Like, be better. Be, be best. Be best. Be best. Hashtag, hashtag be best. Hashtag bonkier. <laughs> uh, bon- hashtag bonkiest for the next time. <laughs> so we have him serving her uh, some blood. And all of a sudden, with Bella feeling better, the baby's feeling better. She's talking more, and Edward all of a sudden gets an inkling. Oh, wait, keep talking? Say that again? Mm -hmm. And he can hear the baby's thoughts. The baby thinking, I like this when mom's talking. I like it when dad's talking. And so he feels the stomach, feels the baby moving around. And I thought it was nice because obviously we're in a huge heightened reality, but it was just like a scene you described to me. Mm -hmm. You and your wife are expecting. Yes. You described to me in The Lion at Chipotle – what a beautiful location. 
about you know you feeling your son move in your wife's belly for the first time. Yeah. I could see tears forming in your eyes. It was yeah. a very touching moment. Uh, right before I was forced to order a burrito bowl, <laughs> uh, which unfortunately took away from the moment. But no, I'm just saying that like it reminded me of you telling me that story. Yeah, and I thought that was a lovely moment and a lovely memory I had of something that you went through. Yeah. And I thought it was lovely to have in a story where also, by the way, the wolves are freaking out and they're going to kill them and they can't go outside. And yeah, there's a bunch of plot bullshit that we haven't talked about. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just focusing on the moment that I really yeah. liked, which is between these two characters. Yeah, those little emotional moments. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about that, being a an impending father? I mean, I did think it was a little bit silly. And maybe it is. Maybe it's because it's... <laughs> Fair enough. It's not not silly. Maybe because of the um, context of everything else. And his hearing the baby's thoughts was just sort of funny. And their sort of just whole thing together just seemed a little bit silly to me in the moment. However, you know, this might also be because the real moment was so powerful for me, like in my real life. And it was such an emotional moment feeling it for the first time that that like seeing a vampire boy telepathically read the thoughts of the baby that's been killing his wife as she's excitedly drinking a cup of blood. Okay, well, when you put it like, like that. <laughs> was maybe like, nah, this is not this is what dumb. it was. Okay, um, well, fair enough. It's also, I'll also say, it's difficult for me to watch any movie where there's like troubled pregnancies going on because my wife and I are expecting. So it's always a little bit, I think I might detach a little bit from okay. those things. But I think mostly it has to do with how... look bonkier it was it's, it's pretty bonk it's pretty hashtag bonkier but i just thought i know in real life there are times when the parents will be talking or the mother will be talking and you could feel the the child react to that actually inside the womb in real life so yeah. this is obviously the dumb twilight version of that yeah. but i thought it was nice i get i get your point 100 i thought it was nice i thought it was great What's great about this movie is that it does focus on, it's only one or two times in the movie, but these very real human moments between Edward and Bella, that these are two characters that have only ever existed for each other, and there are things added to their relationship, be it sex, be it this baby, that finally shake up what they're all about and shake up their relationship. Mm. And I really like that about it because it finally gave some new layers and levels to these characters that we haven't really seen before. Certainly didn't really see in the last movie. So this movie, it was a welcome addition to their story. That's really a great point. Actually. I think that's really insightful. And I, it's making me reevaluate this entire thing. Oh, thank not you, that moment though. That's just still a okay. Well, that was moment, just, but... It was hashtag bonk here, but soon enough, uh, we get <laughs> yet another, just fucked up moment. A couple right oh back my to back. God. We got we got Bella is despite drinking the blood, she is becoming further emaciated. And we see her and she's just skeletal. Yeah. She's just withering away. She's gonna take a bath. She's in constant pain. And Edward's standing there staring at her. And we can't tell what he's thinking because you can never tell what Edward's thinking. And Rosalie, a.k.a. Shakira, Shakira. like sh- comically shuts the door in his face. Like it's, <laughs> it's a sliding like a slow door. Slide. It's a sliding door and it slowly slid to cover his face up, which we giggled at. But soon enough, they're feeling like the blood that she's drinking is going to get her through this thing. She's going to get through the pregnancy. She's going to deliver. They're going to immediately turn her into a vampire and that is if everyone can make it there carlisle is so hungry because the wolves are for whatever reason don't want to let the cullens out mm-hmm. i i don't they know. don't want this i think they don't want this baby 
because that was the whole fight between the wolf pack and Jacob in the junkyard, I believe, was over the child. Right, because so, I was just thinking so much about Jay and Silent Bob standing off, smoking a doobie, <laughs> talking yeah. about what's going on, that I just kind of lost some Zoned of the, on that, the yeah. content of the yeah. of that fight. Okay, so they didn't want the baby, so the wolves are, you know, we get a we get a moment where they have to uh, they have to flee basically. Emmett, mm-hmm. uh, Carlisle, and Esme all have to flee to go hunt, so that Carlisle is strong enough and the family strong enough to help Bella through this delivery. However, while they're gone, Bella goes into labor. Yeah. In the most horrifying way possible. Dude, that was messed up. She is drinking her blood from her styrofoam cup. Good start. Good start. And she drops it. And before she goes to get it, her back snaps in half. Well, like she reaches for it. And I think that reaching, she's just not strong enough. Her bones and everything are not strong enough. And it buckles. Yeah. It buckles. Her back. Her spine. Her spine just like it's nothing. She falls to her knees. We get a sickening crunch when she falls. Her her knobby knees hit the ground. Edward can barely catch her head before her head smacks on the ground and shatters into a million pieces. And I guess they're all in shock because it's like you guys can all move faster than a speeding bullet and you're just watching her crumble to the ground. Yeah, they just let it happen except for Edward does catch her in the end. But holy shit, that was disturbing. It was all the effects were not like great. But man, just a little bit of sound effect and a little bit of weird CG. It was effective. And I will say, Bella's look throughout the movie, how how gaunt she was, also very effective. She looks horrible. I think that also was a combination of prosthetics and digital. You are correct. So she goes into labor, and in a mostly POV scene, she's just straight up dying. Yeah, literally dying. Because they established earlier that uh, needles can't pierce the... uh, the womb, yeah. for whatever reason. So they have to improvise in this moment, and they're trying to cut her open. Bella's saying, like, just do it. Get this thing out of me. Get this thing out of me. And it was like a horror scene. It was, yeah, it was, it was it horrific. Really was horrifying. They have to take Jasper and Alice and Rosalie away because Bella's bleeding. Edward obviously has sucked her blood before and knows how to control himself. So how does he get the baby out, Sebastian? I'm still not 100% sure, but he definitely buries his face in there. He goes to her belly and rips her belly open with his teeth. Yeah. And he pulls the baby out with his teeth, I think. <laughs> and guess what? It's a girl. Yeah, that was really... Gross. It was <laughs> disgusting. It was horrifying. She also, I think, the uh, was it was not her real body because it was so emaciated. It was a puppet body, mm-hmm. but it was so gnarly looking. Yeah, and there's blood everywhere. Everyone is covered in blood. Yeah, uh, the baby is covered in blood and viscera when it comes out. It was gnarly. But hold on. Yes. Pause. That's already a fucked up moment. When they find out it's a girl, I forgot to say that they already came up with names. Yeah, they came up with the names. Edward James. Oh, wait, not not, no, not Edward James. No, it was Edward like, Jacob. But I think she was calling, going to call him EJ, EJ. Which does not roll off the tongue. Which I don't think was E period J. I think it was just she combined E and J and it was going to be EJ. That's like, how I understood like it. like E-E-J-A-Y? That's how I understood it because then she combines names for a girl. Yeah, of their two mother's names, Renee and Esme, yeah. two Renesme. Renesme. And I have been laugh I was waiting for you to hear that because I've been laughing at the name Renesme for years. Because I know Lindsay was watching it or something one day and I happened to see that. I had to back it up. I was like, wait, did they just say Renesme? How yeah. fucking stupid can you get? Yeah. 
and everybody has to pretend that it's like a good choice. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, again, I definitely laughed out loud. It was it was funny. It's it's a funny name. It's not. No, it's a pretty dumb name. I was gonna try to give it some credit. It's a pretty dumb name. Look, there's a lot of very interesting names out there. Everybody has a right to choose whatever name for their child. The child has a right to change that name if they want to change it to something else, either cool or bonkier, when they get older. But it definitely made me chuckle, also because she literally combined two names together. Yeah, and a portmanteau, which if I did for my mom and Lindsay's mom would be Suzdra or Sandrin, which those actually just sound like sci-fi names, so those aren't so bad. What would yours be? I guess it would be Dianella or... Well, that's a cool name. Estelana. Those are both awesome. Actually, those sound good. I'm going to write those down. Those sound really excellent. You're not even having a girl, but save it for maybe the next one. <laughs> anyway, we thought the name was dumb. It is. The end. <laughs> Again, we're trying to be positive, but it's hard to be positive when Renez May is involved. And we'll see if our expert on our next episode agrees with us or disagrees. But in a horrifying fashion, Bella dies. She legit dies on the table. They get Renesmee out there. and Because Edward also forgets to actually turn her, by the way. Yeah. Like, he's holding he his like, baby. Oh, which which I get, you know, I haven't experienced it yet. But, you know, the the sort of brilliance of life, you know, the sort of overwhelming emotion of holding your child for the first time, which he, up until like five minutes ago, didn't want, by the way. Yeah. But, like, that moment of... Or maybe he was feeling the high of like maybe successfully. Maybe like, holy shit, we did it. I yeah, can't believe like, we did this. I literally bit this baby out of my wife. Yeah. Like, it worked? Cool. I didn't think it would work. And then he realized, like, oh, man, I was supposed to turn her immediately yeah. into a vampire. Whoopsie daisy. He, he, they have a giant syringe that they plunge into her chest with his venom. I don't know how they harvested it, but whatever. It's like silver. Out of his, like, canine teeth. Yeah. But they plunge it into her chest doesn't do anything she's dead as hail and all of a sudden everybody shows back up the wolves are outside collecting because i guess they know the baby's born jacob goes outside oh but before he does yeah they know because the the one wolf was kind of creeping in the back oh yeah yeah, yeah. so he knows the baby isn't born and that bella has died yeah so once bella's dead they blame it on the werewolf or on the vampires and that's when the truce is over and it's time to throw down but before they can fight because, of course, it has to end up with some giant fisticuffs. Jacob happens to see a little baby in the living room. He goes in to kill it. He goes himself. in to kill He's going to end this baby. thing here. He thinks if he kills the baby here and now, that it's over. Yeah. And that he'll at least spare the lives of the Cullens, which shows a little bit of character growth from the part of Jacob. But he sees this baby, this creepy CG-faced baby Jeez, that looked horrible and horrifying. Horrible. The stuff of nightmares. It was like... It was like Scorpion King bad. Yeah, yeah. It was like pasting the rock's face onto a scorpion centaur man. Yes. That's the theme of this episode of centaurs. Yes. That baby, that CGI baby did not look good, my friends. I'd like to tell you why it was great, but I guess the only reason it was great is because it was funny. It looked horrifying. And then what happens? But we don't know why. We don't know how. But Jacob imprints... On the baby. He's immediately in love with the baby. He falls in love with the baby. Instantly. Instant ass Lee. But is with us. And he even gets on one knee like he's about to propose to he a freaking like baby. He looks like he's about to propose to that baby. But he's just crushed by this love he feels for this baby, son. 
He's going to protect her. Big surprise. That's all any of these guys do in this movie. And Oh, and we see, like, he sees, he imprints on her, which is so creepy and weird. But then he sees, like, her growing up because he's going to be her protector forever. He sees her, like, at age 8, at age, like, 20. And she still has that CGI face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, spoiler alert, she's a little girl in the next movie. So they take the little girl actress and put her face on a baby and then put her face on a grown-up. It does not work in either of those scenarios. So it's just like, what is happening? He imprints on the baby, so he goes outside. They think that Bella's dead. The Cullens are about to throw down. Edward even took the time to bite Bella a hundred times on her arms and legs just to get more of that venom in her to try to save her. He's despondent. He thinks his reason for being is gone. He goes out to throw down with some werewolves. And once again, we get a big shitty CG fight. Even though it should just be about the emotional turmoil of these characters, we got to go through a big murky fight with all these creatures. It just reminded me of the Ang Lee Hulk movie from 2003, where he fights a trio of gamma-irradiated dogs in the forest, and you can't tell what anything is or what's going on. Kind of upsetting. Not exactly what I wanted out of my Twilight finale, okay? (laughs) But eventually Jacob comes out and tells them, hey, you guys, you can't go get her. And they swat him around for a minute. And then is it that Edward reads his mind? Edward reads the mind of everybody. Again, in convenient Powerville, uh, Edward reads his mind. He's like, oh, he imprinted. And if you imprint, that is your most sacred law. You cannot attack them. And so the wolves are like, god damn it. Fucking imprint. Uh, So they back off. He knows our rules. Jacob friggin' imprinted on a baby. Way to go, Jake. So they all leave. Yeah. No harm, no foul. They all just leave. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're done. And then we get Bella. She's still dead. Still dead. Later. Like a day later. Still dead. Everyone's mourning her. They put her in a nice blue dress for some reason. But uh, do they think that it might happen? I feel like somebody said, like, oh, she might not be completely. Yeah. She's only mostly dead. (laughs) Right. So I feel like they know something's up. Something's going to turn around in this. And sure enough, it does. And, and we Bella, get like shots of every single person reacting to like something's up. Something's up. We also get shots inside Bella's body showing the process, which actually is interesting to see the process, yeah. the physiological process of what happens when you turn into a vampire, like her heart solidifying and turning into like basically coal, all of her veins solidifying, all the blood turning into basically ice or diamond or whatever. Uh, It also shows all of her wounds healing. All the bite marks that Edward left are all disappearing. Her face is no longer gaunt. Her bones and her muscles are filling. I don't exactly know why vampirism would like fill you back out when you're sickly thin, but it does. It fixes her spine. It shows her bones repairing themselves. It takes her to her ultimate. It's like her apex is oh. what this response, what this like puts you back into. So if I were to get bitten by a vampire today, yeah, then it would take me to my apex whenever that was. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, can I do that? Or maybe it would take you to your apex of the age that you are right now, oh. like the best version of you oh. at that age. Well, well, shit, I'm into that. I mean, look, Tom Cruise has been the best version of every age he's ever been that's true so tom cruise just wouldn't change if a vampire bit him he'd be like whatever man the vampire would be like please bite me tom cruise (laughs) yeah and then tom would probably be the end of that so we obviously get bella repairing herself and very quickly becoming a vampire she opens her eyes in a shocking turn of events her eyes are red she's a vampire that is the end of the movie but wait there's more we do get one last scene back in italy 
from the town, from the chamber, from the second movie, we get the Volturi. Yeah, little post-credit scene. Yeah, and they get a they get a note from Carlisle saying, "Hey, bros, we got a new member of the family. It's Bella. She's a vampire now. Congrats." Mm. And man, all three of those dudes are playing it to the hilt. <laughs> My boy Michael Sheen in there playing it stupid big. The other guy, the Bill Nye guy, playing it stupid dumbass big. John Reese Myers, damn, we don't even know how big he is. But they are playing, they are huge, and which bodes well for the next movie because oh my God. they're going to be crazy big and I cannot wait. And basically, they say they got something we want. We don't know what that is, be it the baby, be it Edward and Alice's powers. Yeah. We don't know what it is. It's a mystery. I hope it's that baby. And you want to talk about leaning in? I leaned in at that point. I was like, oh, what do they want? I want to know what Michael Sheen wants. I want to see him act like a friggin' maniac. He Like they belong on the set of Batman and Robin. Yep. Joel Schumacher on the side calling out, we're making a toy commercial, everybody. Don't forget about that. And Michael Sheen's like, I know what you're saying, man. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got I'm, this. I actually am excited for the next movie because I think it's going to be delicious. Oh, it is. It is. So what do you guys think? Was Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 the honeymoon of your dreams? Or was this baby eating you from the inside out? Let us know what you think. We have a Facebook page now, so you can find us at facebook.com slash podcast. You can find us on email at podcast at gmail.com you can go on twitter and find us at hwig podcast or on instagram at hwig podcast and i think that covers everything that does cover everything thank you so much for everybody that's been interacting with us on social media it's been a whole lot of fun we've been having a great time we already got like i said earlier a suggestion for megadeth keep those suggestions coming that's going to be our next few episodes after we're done with the twilight series we have another series that will be coming in a few episodes but that's just a tease for what that is it's another it's uh, very much in the vein of Twilight, but it's a three-parter that we can't wait to get to. But until then, we're going to be doing your suggestions. We're going to take what you hate and what you tell us you hate, and we're going to tell you why it's great. I can't wait for it. But until then, I'm John Bring. And I'm Sebastian Kalachek. And here's why it's great. We'll see you for the finale. I can't wait till I go to hikes. Well, stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it.